Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, today we're looking at Proverbs 6. This is a somewhat long proverb, so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and read this one on your own if you'd like to get the full context. I'm just going to make some general observations about principles that we see in the clumps of verses or thoughts that are arranged in this proverb. Basically, this is one that's very practical. The advice and the wisdom that's given in this proverb is essentially practical advice for both community living and also for personal protection. And I don't only mean that in the physical sense, but there's certainly an aspect of that as well. So we'll just dive right in. There's really four kind of main categories of thought in this proverb, as far as I can tell. And in the first five verses, we see this idea of binding yourself and more specifically, your financial stability to the choices of others. In this case, he says your neighbor or a stranger or something like that. And the encouragement and the wisdom is if that happens to be a situation that you have gotten yourself into, do whatever is necessary to get yourself back out of that obligation. Because by binding your financial stability to the choices of others who may not be trustworthy or responsible or good stewards. I mean, after all, if they needed help financially from someone else to basically become the guarantor of their loan or business venture or whatever, how fiscally responsible are they really if they don't have the, their own money to, to put it up for it. And so the, the wisdom is to say that is not a situation you want to be in. Don't tie your stability to someone else's choices, especially if it's someone that you don't really know or, or can fully, fully trust. And so that's just a situation we should avoid. Now, that's not the same thing as giving generously, because in this case, what's being described here is sort of a long-term contract or arrangement, not a gift of benevolence or generosity. As Christians, we should always look for opportunities to give and to be generous. But that doesn't mean that we need to tie ourselves up with the financial indiscretions of others. In verses 6 through 11, we see another principle, and that is basically that procrastination, especially habitual procrastination, leads to ruin. If you or I want to create stability for ourselves, and in this case, it again is mostly geared toward physical, financial stability, or uh, store of food and things that we can rely on in times of need. The idea here is, as the, as the writer points to the ants, if you want to make sure that you have enough when you need it, then the answer is not to sit around 
and to twiddle your thumbs or to be lazy? The answer is to hustle. It's to get to work. And if you put in the work up front, you will reap the benefits down the road. It's a similar principle to the one we mentioned a few weeks ago about being able to tell legitimate from illegitimate pleasures where you either pay the cost up front for a legitimate pleasure or you pay it on the back end for an illegitimate pleasure. And in this case, having stability and being able to take care of yourself and have peace of mind in time of need is a legitimate pleasure, but you pay the cost up front. In verses 12 through 19, we're essentially given a list of attributes that we should not only avoid personally at all costs, but that we should also avoid any people who exhibit these attributes at all costs. People who are like this, who just have wickedness or scheming or manipulation on their mind at all times. Essentially, the proverb is warning that you will be collateral damage if you are associated with those kind of people, or if you're one of these people, you're going to, you're going to meet an end that is ugly because people who treat others in this way, this is the principle in Proverbs of God being Uh, a just judge who always eventually will reward the wicked with what they are due, with what they have earned, and the righteous in the same way. Now, that doesn't mean that it's an instantaneous thing, but it does mean that when it's all said and done, everyone's going to get what's coming to them. And if you've lived this kind of a life, you really don't want to be that person or around people like this again, closely associated with because you're going to be in the way or the wake of the judgment that comes at some point. And then the last part of the proverb, sort of the second half of the proverb is tied up once again with this concept of adultery. And this is a very prominent theme in a lot of the early chapters of Proverbs. Partially, I wonder because of how much this became a issue for Solomon in his own life with all the wives and concubines that he had. And I think that he experienced firsthand the foolishness of some of this decision-making. And so he's passing along wisdom that he's earned the hard way. And he's saying essentially that adultery is always stupid and it's always self-destructive. It's a bad idea and it's never something has a justification for it. He even gives a contrast with stealing in order to stay alive. And the difference is, is what he's saying is if someone had to steal in order to stay alive, you could almost forgive them. And and we do, even though there's a consequence for that, because without food, you'll die. But adultery isn't the same way. Taking what doesn't belong to you, taking another man's wife or another woman's husband as your own and violating that bond, there's never any justification for it because you won't die if you don't do it. You're not filling a need that is necessary for life. You're just engaging in foolish behavior that has really bad consequences. And the reason that you will always get burned with this, that that you will always have bad consequences, I think partially is because the difference between this and other 
other sins is that adultery gets at the very heart of destroying God's intended design for marriage, for family, for human relationships, and how God intends for them to function. And adultery, cheating, uh, any kind of break in the marriage bond or vows is a direct violation of God's design. It's an attack on the family. And for that reason, I think God has designed very clear and harsh consequences into the the fallout from a decision like this. And so again, very practical advice in a lot of ways, things to look for, things to avoid, things to think about. So I hope you'll join me tomorrow as we dive into another attribute of God. Tomorrow we're looking at the justice of God and what does it mean for God to be just. Just.